There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. So in order to do all of these things that are good for you and eventually help you be the best version of yourself that you can be, it takes an incredible amount of self-discipline. So therefore, self-discipline equals self-love. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast. A well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, everyone. On a self-love and self-discovery journey with you, this is your host, Sanaya Gurnamal. It's not about the destination or where we are going. It's about right here, right now, enjoying our journey and loving ourselves for all our flaws and errors. Or rather, what I like to say is what makes us unique and different from each other. And on today's adventure, we will talk to someone who shares this same passion for life. Both as a food lover and a curious learner, our guest is constantly stepping out of her comfort zone to taste the experiences of life. As a food adventurer, she used to be the host of food and travel show, Something to Chew On, which aired for five seasons and even on CNN Philippines. She continues to contribute food and travel content to this day. Her journey of life has taken her down a path of self-awareness and self-discovery that has led her to become a positive and uplifting influence on others. She has a witty and thought-provoking nature, as many of her social media posts will reveal. A believer in positive energy and good thoughts, there is definitely more to her than meets the eye. So let's jump right in to our guest for today and get to know her a little bit better. Join me in welcoming the food and nature lover, travel enthusiast, fitness advocate, self-made entrepreneur, TV host, and super mom, Sandra Rocha Araneta. Welcome to Project Loving Myself, Sandra. Thank you so much, Sanai. I'm excited to be here. A little nervous. It's been a while since I've been interviewed by anyone, but I've been looking forward to it. And again, like I said before, I'm, I'm happy to finally connect with you. 
first of all, I know are just going to flow in this conversation. I've been following you. I have, you know, obviously, as we were just saying before we started the podcast, we always see each other. We weigh from a distance, but we've never really got to sit down and have that conversation. So I, too, am really looking forward to getting to know you better. Now, one of the things, Sandra, that really appealed to me when I was uh, looking over some of the things that you've been posting is that you read a lot. You listen to a lot of podcasts, you watch TED Talks, and you're always sharing this on your social media channels. So it really looks like, it really sounds like you're always looking for information. And I guess that's that part of you that you say is the curious learner. And you're always looking to develop yourself, to grow. So would you say that you have a thirst for knowledge? And that's my first question. And secondly, are you able to translate what you're reading and learning about into practice? Well, yes. To answer the first question, I definitely do have a thirst for knowledge. I think I'm just a naturally very curious person and I'm very interested in people and experiences and learning new things. And, and especially this day and age now, it sometimes gets very easy to get caught up in things that might be very shallow or that don't really encourage growth, you know? Um, well, personal growth, I believe. It's, it's a very commercial world, you know? It's a very, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of times you can get stuck. So it's so important to continue to learn and continue to search for knowledge and to share that, to pass it on with others. Would you say, Sandra, that as you are learning and sharing it with other people, in a way you're practicing it more and you are mastering it or you're conquering it in some way, would you say that? And the reason I say this is because as I teach and as I work with people, I learn from that and I feel like it makes me a better person. Absolutely. It's a way of retaining that information. So, you know, when you watch something or you listen to something, you know, you internalize it, you're absorbing it. And talking about it to someone is a way for you to help retain that information even more. It's part of the learning process. And so once you finally have it absorbed and you, you're able to start applying it more. But yeah, talking about it is really great. And it, it, I feel like it gives you so much more to connect with people about. Like even with my husband, for example, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you could get caught up talking about, oh, how tired you are, how exhausted you are, or how long the day felt, how work was, you know, draining. But instead, like, we sit down and, and he'll be like, oh, I had during lunch break today, I listened to this really cool podcast. And, and I'll be like, oh, cool. Like, me too. I listened to this new one. And we sort of exchange information and we pick at it. So we're like, I liked this about it. I didn't like this about it. Oh, this is something I really want to apply to our life. And I noticed that you know, we're such uh, unique individuals. Like he, we're very different from each other and we have our own unique interests, but we're so bonded by that thirst for knowledge and sharing it with each other. And I feel it's such an important way to keep a strong relationship and evolve, like evolve, not just as a couple, but even as friends and with anyone. It's nice to speak words of life to each other, words of knowledge to each other. You know, Sandra, I love what you said because so many couples, when they've spent a lot of time with each other, they either just start talking about the things that need to get done or they talk about the children. Or like you said, it's about work and it's just the same routine. You're always tired. You've always got, you know, a lot of things going on. But I like that, you know, what you're suggesting and what you're sharing with people is that use knowledge, you know, use your curiosity to actually deepen your relationship, to, to grow together in the same direction. 
I know that a lot of couples, you know, after many years of marriage, because it gets repetitive. And so they start looking for excitement in other places. You know, maybe they lose interest or they, they kind of feel, you know, they go through that midlife crisis. And a lot of it has to do with our brain doesn't do well with boredom and our brain doesn't do well with, you know, the same old routine. We need to constantly grow. And if we're not growing, we're just going to create like problems for ourselves to have to work through or work on. So I love that, you know, your marriage is really about growing together and sharing. And I think that's such a great tip for everybody. Like, even if you're just going to learn and listen to podcasts and read and, and so on, not only to further your own imagination, but to share it with your partner. I mean, that's already amazing. Right, I agree. I, I I feel like it's it's just so healthy. Like I mean, like you said, a, a marriage or a relationship, a friendship, whatever kind of relationship it is, we're constantly growing and evolving. Whether you like it or not, that is the only constant thing. And the best way to go about it is to accept it and to go about it in the most gracious way possible, which is to be open, right? To be open and positive about it. So uh, when we started doing that. Because we're, like I said, we're very different people. I tend to be the more dreamy, floaty, you know, very romantic person. And he's so practical, logical, you know, these are the way things are. And, and so sometimes we talk and it's, it's just so funny to see how we can respect each other and we really get to like appreciate each other for who we are. And then we debate and we bicker sometimes and I'll call him out on something. I'll be, oh, you're too, you're too tough. You need more compassion. And then he'll be like, oh, you're too floaty, you know, but we do it in such a nurturing loving way and it, it's so important like to respect that about each other and, but then you find things to pull each other you find that common ground like what's going to pull you together and I think that's what it is it's it's growing as unique individuals but respecting it and so you still end up on the same path you know we're we're in it together this is a lifelong thing and there's so many different layers and aspects to our personalities and relationships and it's so important to keep all of that going whether it's it's, you know, you, you want to be, you want to keep the romance, the flame going. We also want to be best friends, you know, and you have to keep all of that alive. So when we started listening to podcasts or reading new things or, uh, you know, yeah, just learning new skills or getting new hobbies, we told each other like, wow, this is something that is so simple to do, but bring something new to the table. Like I'll be like, I listened to a 15 minute podcast and I'll tell him what it was about. And I, and then we're like, this is something we want to do with our kids when they grow up. You know, it's like, it's kind of like a little homework, you know, listen to this today while, while you have 15 minutes, while you're chilling, while you're relaxing and let's have a nice dinner conversation. So we stay connected as a family, and we make sure to continue to grow our values, and we continue to uh, nurture that curiosity for for knowledge. That's so beautiful, Sandra. And I think that's what an open communication is about: is that everybody has the sense of safety and freedom to express themselves and to respect each other's opinion. And I think that's very, very valuable. You know, it's so funny because as you're relating your story, I'm thinking about my childhood. And when I was growing up, my mother would tell me that, you know, you should try to take interest in what your partner does. And I think that was just kind of the general consensus growing up. It was always about, you know, as a woman, you need to kind of learn what your partner is interested in and try to like get more involved in that. 
And when I got married, I was already sort of my own person. I had my own interests and likes. And definitely I was very passionate, still am, of course, about well-being and healing and spirituality. And uh, my husband loves basketball, which is something that was entirely new to me when I moved to the Philippines. And instead of like just doing what he likes, what we did is he would share what he's interested in and I would share what I was interested in. And somehow that was the best way to get the other person more involved in each other's lives and also the best way to influence the other person without telling them anything. Right. So if I wanted, uh, you know, to say something to my husband and I know that he might be a little bit sensitive about it or he might feel, you know, maybe like I'm trying to change him or something, I would do it by sharing information and sharing stories about what I was learning and how to do things. And I found that we ended up growing together rather than in different directions, mainly because it wasn't like I was trying to change him, but I was trying to broaden his mind. I was trying to show him that there were other ways of doing things. And I like how you related that your husband and your personality is entirely different. And, you know, as you said, you're, you sound also like very different people, but the fact that you can still connect and you can create this kind of atmosphere in your home, which allows each person to be who they are, but still be part of, you know, the same family unit with the same values. I think that's something a lot of people can learn from. You know, I hope anyone listening right now gets some great ideas about how to create that kind of a family, you know, environment, which is amazing. You also talk a lot, Sandra, about nourishing the mind. And what are these other ways that you suggest uh, not only for your children, you and your husband, but other people. How do how does one nourish their mind constantly? How did that become really important to you? I'm a very sensitive person, right? I tend to pick up, you know, I, I pick up energies or, you know, sometimes my mood will change or be affected based on environment or the people I'm with. And I realized that it's so important to be careful with what you nourish your mind and body with. So it started first with, let's say, I noticed I started feeling, oh, I'm feeling kind of down, low. I'm going to go for a walk. Or I'm going to go for a jog, clear my mind. So it starts with that. You're like, I got to exercise, get some endorphins in. And then you're like, ooh, you know what? When I eat fast food, I feel kind of off, like kind of sick, lethargic. I'm not at my maximum. So then you're like, I'm going to start to eat healthier. So it's so important to be mindful, not just what you're doing to your body, what you're putting in your body, but what you're nourishing your mind with as well. So if you're constantly surrounded by negative people, you're constantly listening to negative information, you're constantly feeling stressed and bogged down by all this negativity, you need to change that. So that's why I say nourishing your mind is as important, if not more important than nourishing your body. You know, it's, it's a whole package deal. And I believe the rest follows. So if you feed your mind positive things, you feed your mind good information, new ways to learning, and well, the most important thing overall is positivity, positive information, words of life. That's one of my favorite phrases, words of life, you know, um, then the rest follows. Then you start being more aware of what's good for you, what's bad for you, and you stop uh, feeling guilty about it. You, you don't feel guilty about letting go of things that don't serve you. So you have to nourish your mind as well, if not better than you nourish your skin, your body. You know, it's all about inside out, right? 
And it's interesting because all this while, I mean, for a very long time, the focus has been about nourishing our body, you know, what we eat and the health. And then, of course, nourishing our skin. And, and here in the Philippines, that is also something that is very, very prominent and all of that. But I think what people have missed for a very long time is that we have to nourish our mind. And it really is, as you said, inside out. You know, you got to go within in order to reflect it in your life outside of you. Now, how do you manage, though, considering, I mean, just look at 2020. We have been bombarded with so much negativity, such challenging, you know, situations. I mean, just not only with uh, the pandemic, but a lot of different things that are going on in the world. So how do you deal with that? You can't not listen to it. You can't turn it off. What do you do to cope? You deal with it by dealing with it. You don't escape. You just, like you said, you cope. So you look for silver linings. You look at what good. I, I personally believe that saying, like nothing so bad can happen without something good coming from it. And I remember this was an old family friend of mine and we were having a conversation, a very candid conversation. And she said that. And that stuck with me forever. I was like, nothing so bad can happen without something good coming from it. And that is something that I carry with me. No matter what life throws your way, no matter how bad things can get, you roll with it, you go forward, you take the lessons that came with it, you relish, you know, you relish the emotions that come with it, whether it's pain, suffering, discomfort, because once you accept it and you absorb it and you do something good with that energy, because you have these emotions and it's real and it's human to feel all of that, but you take that, you absorb it, you relish it, and you turn it into something good. What can I do with this? I'm angry. Today, I'm really angry. I'm upset. I hate life. I'm so sick of all this shit. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast. But you are. <laughs> okay, so, so you take that and you do something productive with it. You don't waste it. Nothing so bad can happen without good coming from it. And people have to keep in mind, too, that this is a roller coaster ride. And sometimes things happen, unfortunate things happen, difficult things happen in order for you to really appreciate what was or what will be. You know, when you feel downs, like when you're on the downslope of life and things are feeling really heavy and tiring and exhausting and chaotic, when things start looking up, they feel so good. So when things start feeling really good, you relish it and you remember it and you be thankful that wow, I'm human. I know what bad feels like. And because I know what bad feels like, I know what crappy feels like, good feels so much better. Right. I think a couple of the things that I got from what you said is, you know, to always remember that there is a rainbow after the rain, right? There's always something that will come and we just have to focus on what might come out of it. And sometimes, you know, when we're so deep into that pain or that challenge, it's very hard to remember it. But I think if you keep repeating it to yourself, like a mantra, you know, and you've said it, you repeated it so many times as well. And I think it's ingrained in your mind. So I think if everybody remembers that after everything bad, something good will happen, something good will happen. And just kind of keeping our mind on that. The other thing that you said is to understand that whatever we're feeling right now, accept it, you know, just kind of embrace it. And I think a lot of people run away, right? So when you're feeling bad, you just kind of hide it under the rug or you don't process it or you reject it. And you almost feel guilty for having all these feelings. And, and so we kind of want to 
close the door to it instead of dealing with it. And what you said is, you know, embrace it, accept it. It's okay, but still remember it's going to get better. And the third point that I also really liked about what you said is that um, sometimes we can't appreciate the good when we haven't been through the opposite of it, you know? So, and that's the duality, you know, of our life. The fact is that sometimes we need to feel the pain to appreciate what's so wonderful about life. And I think that's sort of the bittersweet truth about life, that there is both sides. But do you think that, that in your life story, Sandra, what have been these bittersweet experiences or moments that have taught you the most? Can you go back and recall certain events that you will say, you know, that was tough, but it really changed me for the better? Are these things that you remember? Or is it just kind of a philosophy that you lead about like anything you encounter in life? For me, in my case, it was, I, I believe situations really did teach me. Um, I think, and, and I'm grateful for all of them, no matter how painful or difficult they might've been at the time. I always knew, I think another thing also, it's, I guess it's part of my survival skill or self-preservation skill where no matter how bad things get and like, it's really painful as in it's like, I felt like I was hanging by my fingertips and I was going to fall off the face of the earth. It was like, I always somehow at some point find humor in the situation. Like I'm able to find something to laugh about. And my friends and I will be like, oh my God, you and your dark humor. And I'm like, you got to laugh. Like you can't take things seriously. Like even if things are so bad, like you just, sometimes you just got to laugh at how bad it is. You know, it's like, just laugh, laugh. And once you laugh, you start feeling better. And then again, it goes back to what did I learn? What came out of the situation? What can I do now that I have that knowledge? What kind of person do I want to be because of it? Do I want to be angry and bitter and spiteful and uh, withdrawn? Do I want to be an escape artist and not face emotions? Do I want to take drugs and drink to escape? Or do I want to feel it? Do I want to do something good with it? Do I want to come out? Do I want to be more compassionate? Do I want those experiences to allow me to connect more with people or understand why people might be a certain way? You know, look at things with more compassion and more understanding as opposed to just escaping or withdrawing. It's I So yeah, in a nutshell, to answer your question, I really believe it was experiences my own and also learning about other people's experiences that helped me grow and learn. And how do you make sure that you keep growing and learning in terms of your own sort of well-being or spiritual journey? How do you keep it up? I think there's something to learn every day, even if your day might seem boring or mundane. You, like I said, you search for information instead of zoning out and watching something mindless or mindlessly scrolling through Instagram or social media. Watch a documentary, you know, get on in nature. If you have a little garden or you, you're able to escape this concrete jungle for a while, find your little pocket of green, even if it's just under a tree in a park and let your mind wander. Let it be curious, you know, uh, people watch, observe, um, just be grateful. Unlock a new skill. Do you know how to bake cookies? Maybe today you want to learn how to bake cookies, you know? Sandra, you really have a, a wonderful way with words. And in fact, I've always just really enjoyed reading a lot of your posts on social media. So is this something that you've had going on for a while? I mean, are you a writer? Are you someone who always thought that you would be 
sharing with the world how you feel or your thoughts? When did all of that start for you? That's interesting. Hmm. Okay. When I think back to myself as a little girl, I think I was always interested in communicating with words or writing. Again, it was just something I was naturally drawn to. I I really enjoyed reading when I was a little girl and I tend like I was leaning towards more towards like the flowery writing, the very descriptive, imaginary, um, fictional, very dreamy type of writing or poetry or books. And then later on, actually just very recently, maybe this year or last year, I started being more drawn to more direct precise kind of writing, people that are able to get a message across in a very clear, crisp manner with zero room for misinterpretation. It's like their words are precise and very clear and very eloquent, right? So it's very different forms of writing. And um, at one point, yes, a few years ago, I actually was given the opportunity to write for, a, uh, I had a food column in, the, in a news publication called Business Insights. And that opened many doors to me. So I started, I guess, to learn how even more how speaking clearly or being able to connect in one way or another. I'm not the best writer at all. I definitely have a lot of work to do with that. But being able to connect with people with words, whether you're saying them or you're writing them, it can open many doors for you and it can really connect you to a lot of people. So yeah, that definitely that definitely did. And because of that, that column that I had, that's when I started getting invited to, you know, do my food and travel show. And that allowed me to practice more of what I love, which was using my words, using my voice to communicate with other people. And how did you develop that? How did you grow that? Were there things that you did or did it start to come naturally to you? Because I feel like you have a very strong voice now. And even the kind of message that you are putting out, I mean, this has sort of emerged recently that it's very clear what you're about. How did I grow that? I'm not certain. I think it just all happened rather organically, rather naturally, trusting in the process and sort of trusting where life was taking me, um, even though sometimes it felt it was unclear. And I think just trusting in that journey and that path, even when things felt shaky, it gave me a clearer voice because my values became clearer. My priorities became clearer. I started to learn more about who I was, especially after becoming a mother. My values started becoming stronger. My my interests, I have less tolerance for BS. Like, I don't even, you know, after, I mean, I'm sure you can relate. I'm sure many mothers can relate. Like, you just don't have time for that. And I don't want to waste my mind space on any of that. So I right. think as a kid, I would, I think reading things too and, and being exposed to more people in different cultures, you know, you, you start learning, oh, there are different ways to say things. There's a, there are different ways to get a message across, you know, different ways to articulate what you're feeling or what you're going through or... Yeah, and and that always interested me. I remember one of the first people who really sparked my interest as a preteen. When did I read the book? I think I must have been 12. Was The Diary of Anne Frank. And I was so amazed that this little girl was so eloquent and such a superb writer. And again, it was like 
she was a good mix of that dreamy and precise because she was very clear with her words and her emotions and what she was trying to convey. But she also had that dreamy side. She was a child after all. And I mean, it just amazed me how she was able to, to write that down, you know? And now, nowadays, like, I guess more in line with me evolving as a person. So I had that dreamy side. I had that side that was always imagining putting myself in other people's shoes. What was it like to be on Frank? I can't imagine what she went through. Or, uh, you know, what about this person? Or I wonder what the mind of Roald Dahl was like to be in that mind or to be in the mind of Einstein or the Beatles, you know, and how these people were able to express themselves. So you know, there was that dreamy side. And then now it's, I guess what you're saying is I'm more clear, right? With my values, or I seem more clear with the type of person or more confident with who I am. And I think that's what it is. It's, I'm gaining more confidence with who I am. I'm learning more about who I am. And now I'm more drawn to learning about how do I say things precisely? And in a way, it's good exercise that an Instagram caption is limited, right? So you have a set amount of words that you can put. So sometimes, and I tend to talk a lot. I tend to ramble. I go on. Sometimes I go off tangent, you know? So that brings me back. And it's like, okay, you only have whatever, two paragraphs to say all of this. How do you condense it? Get your message across, get the emotion across, but in a very clear way. So those are now the type of people that I'm looking towards for inspiration. Off the top of my head, people I really enjoy listening to, Jordan Peterson. He's the author of a book called 12 Rules for Life. He's someone my husband introduced to me. He's very clear with his words, very precise. Hmm. For example, people like... Well, it's off the top of my head. Michelle Obama, Barack Obama. I love the way they speak, you know? Um, they just they just have a way with words. Um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she is a doctor. So you have to be very clear, but she also grasps your attention, right? So that's, I guess, what I'm leaning towards. And it's funny that you say that because I guess that's why I, I'm coming across as clearer now <laughs> in my, with my intentions or, I don't know, with my messages. So whatever you're doing, it's definitely working. But I think a big part of it, Sandra, is that you've learned who you are. You know, I think when you know who you are and you're constantly on this journey of self-development and self-discovery, you know, you start to understand, as you said, your likes or what is important to you, what your values are, then it becomes very easy to communicate that to other people. So you are very eloquent but you are also very direct in what you want to say, I believe, because of that. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. Hi, my name is Jelly Victor. And I'm JC Alanis. Do check out the Parenting Podcast, Real Parents Facing Modern Problems Together. This is brought to you by YF Nutrition Parent Team and Podcast Network Asia. Now, a lot of people are still finding themselves. They're still kind of discovering who they are. What are the things that you would recommend for people in that space? You know, people who are still trying to learn who they are and even come up with a message that they want to communicate to other people. What would you say to them? Silence your mind. Get away for a while and be comfortable with being with yourself because there is so much noise out there and there are so many outside influences that you need to be able to sit in silence and just focus on yourself and your thoughts 
And that's when you figure out your patterns, huh? This is, this is what I'm thinking of. This is where my mind is wandering off to. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? You know, you start noticing you're full of self-doubt, you're full of anger, uh, feelings of fear, or you know, these negative feelings. Maybe you have some healing to do, some internal healing. Maybe there's some trauma you haven't gotten over. Maybe you have some, something blocking you from reaching or from discovering the person you're really meant to be. So sit in silence, get away from all the distractions. And you might not be able to physically get out of somewhere. You know, you might not, especially now, we can't exactly, it's not exactly the safest time to travel and get out. I mean, you can be brave and daring and go ahead and do that. But still, learn how to silence your mind. Pick up things like meditation. Talk to someone. Find a therapist. Try something new. If you haven't done theta, try that out too. That that really helped me because it... It allows you to search and, and wonder and ask, why am I the way I am today? You know, today I am this way. These are my bad habits. These are my good things. Why do I have this? You know, why am I this way? And unlocking these things and being able to look back and understand yourself more and even to understand people that may have hurt you and the reasons for why these things happened gives you a greater overall understanding of, of everything around you. And that allows you to have more confidence because you're even more compassionate towards yourself. So you're, what you're talking about, Sandra, is your experience with Theta Healing sessions, correct? Now, how did you hear about Theta Healing? And after going through that, what do you think you took from it? I heard, how did I first hear about Theta? I think I heard about it through a friend. Oh, I heard about it through my cousin many, many, many years before I even decided to go in for myself. And it was something that sparked my interest. But I didn't feel the need to go yet. And then a major life experience happened to me and it pushed me in the direction of looking for ways to heal. And it started with, you know, prayers. I, I always pray every day. But then I wanted something more. You know, I started looking into meditation and then I decided to do theta. So, cause I even did, um, you know, therapist, you know, talking to a psychologist, trying to understand my emotions, trying to understand my situation. And what I did enjoy about theta was that it allowed me to really dig deep and find out the root causes of these things, you know, and unveil like mental blocks that I didn't even know I had things that were limiting me, things, fears that I didn't even realize I had and finding the root cause of where that came from. Cause that's so important. Like, especially when it comes to healing and growing as a person, you got to get to the very root cause of something. Otherwise you're just touching the surface right. and then it's going to be something that reoccurs. It's going to be a pattern that keeps happening and again and again and again. And you're going to wonder why. And it's because you haven't healed to the very root of it. There's, the root is still rotten, <laughs> you know, so you got to heal it. You know, Sandra, I want to just take a, a second to repeat what you said, because that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand is when things are repeating in your life, when you're going through the same situation, different people, maybe, but the same feelings, the same kind of a pattern over and over again. And, you know, if you kind of sit down and look at your life, you'll see it. Pretty much everybody has a story that's on repeat. But when that's happening, it's because you haven't healed the root cause. You haven't gotten to the bottom of it. Now, in your experience, Sandra, how did you feel when you got to the bottom of that root cause? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing from what you said, you weren't aware 
uh, and most people aren't. So was it a shock? Was it a surprise? And how did it make you feel? Did you feel crippled by it or empowered by it? What was that like? It felt like light bulbs just flashing. It was actually, it was quite funny because it was my very first ever Theta session. And this was with Maisha. And I was sitting there and I mean, you also have to keep in mind that you have to be very open and receptive to something like this. That's the only way you'll really get to the bottom of it. You know, a lot of people tend to be close. So it takes much longer for them to reach these light bulbs flashing in your brain, epiphany moments, right? And I was sitting there with my eyes closed, like, you know, (laughs) just trying to get these things out. And I was like, oh, like I wasn't even finishing my sentences. I would be like, oh, but then. And then, that, and then, oh my God, and then my show's like, wait, 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 explain yourself. Because I was starting to put things together and realize like, oh my gosh, this happened or someone told me this when I was a child and that's why I had self-confidence issues. And it was something that I didn't even realize. Okay, I'll, I'll be open and share this much. So one of the major epiphanies I had was something as simple and nothing, I didn't think anything bad of it. In fact, it was always something funny and charming, right? That my parents used to joke and say, oh, she was, she was an oops. She was our mistake. The best mistake we ever made. You know, we didn't, you know, and, and I always thought it was funny. And then when I said that, my show was like, she clicked something in me and she made me realize that it's like, you may have, that may be funny and that, that may be something you consider a joke and everything, but your subconscious mind is constantly trying to prove that you're not a mistake, that you're not an accident, that you're meant to be here. So maybe that's why I was constantly looking for ways of of constant need for affirmation. I always wanted to hear, good job, you're doing well, keep going, you know. I wanted to hear these things and I was like, why? I know I'm doing a good job, but why do I constantly need to hear these affirmations from other people? Like, I'm so insecure. Is it because I'm insecure? And then when I got to the root cause, that was one of them. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even realize. And that's why... And that also like was so important to realize and it empowered me. If you're, you're asking me if it made me feel crippled or empowered, it empowered me because it made me realize the strength in your words. You have to be so careful and so precise with what you're saying because your words are alive, right? And the things that you can say can be interpreted in different ways by different people, right? So this was something that had stuck with me and without that intention of making me feel bad, it was something endearing. It did somehow affect me, you know, my self-confidence in a way that I was constantly trying to prove myself that I could do things on my own, that I wanted, always wanted to make my parents proud or, you know, people, I was a people pleaser. So yeah, it's, it's incredibly empowering to discover these things about you because you feel more in control of your life once you do. And even if everyone, well, I'm definitely a work in progress. I'm constantly working on myself. It's just empowering to know that you can reach the root of these things and these things can really help you develop and grow. You know, Sandra, I really have to thank you for sharing that story because I think it really gives anyone listening a good idea of what healing, what the process of healing is all about. I think a lot of people are afraid of that, but you know, what you shared just goes to show that, you know, as young children, we are so impressionable and we don't have the mind of an adult where we can process and understand things from that mature perspective. And so many times we carry these things from our childhood and they become sort of, they become our truth. You know, they become the thing that influences us the most. And in your case, what happened 
caused you to seek validation from others. And what you had to learn was to give yourself that validation. So it's kind of, you know, it was your learning. It was your life theme. And I think once you found that and you healed that childhood memory that perhaps did not get resolved, I think it gave you your power back. You know, I think it gave you the confidence that I see so clearly in your voice now, that what I hear in your voice now, you know, and I think also this whole journey of healing is really about self-love. And I remember in one of your posts, you talk a lot about self-love and how self-love is really self-discipline. It's learning to discipline yourself in a way that you are prioritizing yourself. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, just to touch on a little bit more about what we spoke about earlier, that experience too, it made me realize how important it is as a parent, especially to really be careful with your words, because even if you're saying something with so much love, it can be translated in a different way. And you might be saying it as a joking manner, but the subconscious mind sometimes locks things in. So anyway, yeah, (laughs) going back now to your current question, self-discipline equals self-love. Yes. So I listened to The Mindset Mentor by Rob Dial, which is a short podcast, like maybe 15, 20 minutes each. And it was a topic about that exactly. Self-discipline equals self-love. And it was something that I always believed in, but I, like didn't know how to put it into words, didn't know how to articulate it or explain it to other people. Other people would always say, oh, you're, you know, your workouts are so hardcore. Like, why do you torture yourself? Why do you, and I'd always say, I'm not torturing myself, but I just wasn't sure how to, you know, I, I didn't know the right words, I guess, to express it. So when I listened to that podcast, it was like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I've been trying to say all this time. And this guy said it so well. And it is so true. When you really think about it, self-discipline is self-love because it is harder to do things that are good for you than it is to do things that are bad for you. It's not hard to sit there and eat a box of pizza, to eat a box of chips, to have your chocolates, to have whatever indulgent thing it is that you enjoy, to have lots of it. It's not hard to do that because you love it. What's harder? It's harder to stick to a dedicated workout routine. It's harder to wake up in the morning and start your day with a whatever it is, a meditation, a, a jog, um, you know, preparing a healthy breakfast. It's hard to do that. It's harder to make the smarter decisions because they're not as self-indulgent, you know? And people tend to mix those things up. Mm-hmm. People will say, ah, I'm going to have this tub of ice cream because I deserve it. This is self-love. And if you think about it, is it really? Because that tub of ice cream, that's just, that's all on your hips. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it's just, you're putting your, your, yourself, like, there's nothing wrong with indulging. But when you overindulge and when you, when you make up too many of these excuses, it's like, you're better off doing things that are healthier for you. And that takes a lot of self-discipline. You know, it takes a lot of self-discipline to be neat and orderly, to make your bed in the morning, to prepare healthy meals, even when you're tired at the end of a day, you know, to stick to, to show up for yourself. I think that's one of the best things that he explained in that podcast that he said, how come it's so much easier for you to show up when there's someone else involved? Like to say, oh, my friend really needs me right now. I need to make sure she's healthy. Or my friend's sick. I need to bring her this chicken soup to make sure she's nourished properly. Or my friend's going through something. I'm going to make sure she exercises every day. And you show up for them, right? You feel accountable for them. But when it comes to you, 
you make up excuses. Oh, I'm going to sleep in. I didn't sleep so well last night. I'm not going to wake up. I, I don't need to, I don't need to work out. But then it's like, do you love yourself that much then? Because you're not showing up for yourself. So in order to do all of these things that are good for you and eventually help you be the best version of yourself that you can be, it takes an incredible amount of self-discipline. So therefore, self-discipline equals self-love. I love that. That was really, really incredible. I think that is something we should all take a moment or pause, you know, to think about that perhaps all the things that we think are self-love really aren't because all we're doing inevitably is hurting ourselves when we're indulging in things that aren't so great for us. I mean, even in relationships, a lot of people stay in relationships where, you know, they are not respected. They aren't treated uh, well. And perhaps even their partner is, is never around or hurts them more than anything else. And we stay there for other people or we are there because we think we should be, but we're not really showing up for ourselves, are we? You know, we're not really standing up for ourselves. Absolutely. And I that's important too. And I think also what you pointed out about the fact that we're so busy sometimes showing up for other people, our children, our partners, our husbands, you know, our parents, and those are wonderful things, but it should not be the case that we show up for everyone else and never for ourselves. So, and it takes self-discipline to say, stop, this is my time right now. This one hour, this is where I'm going to work out. This is where I'm going to meditate. This is where I'm going to shower, fix my hair, dress up, make myself feel good. This is my me time. And it takes a lot of self-discipline to say, everybody step aside first because I need to show up for myself so I can show up for you. You know, it's a lot of people feel bad about that and they shouldn't because that is, you know, self-discipline is also creating boundaries and limits that other people must respect. Absolutely. And that's another great one-liner. You know, I need to show up for myself so I can show up for you right? So me first, sometimes it really is me first. And I love that that's something that you've really understood and that you live your life by that. Now, talk to me a little bit about um, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. It seems from what I've read about you that this is something you like to do. You know, you kind of like to push the, the boundaries a little bit. You like to constantly pull yourself out of what's comfortable to venture out. Tell me about that. I think it's all in line with personal growth. If you don't push yourself out of your comfort zone, who are you, right? Like you're just staying yourself and things get stagnant. And if you're not constantly trying to tweak yourself or try new things that are a little bit scary, you know, it's fun, but a little scary. Like, you know, some people do that by going skydiving even, or you could do something as, as simple as like, Ooh, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm kind of scared of the water. I'm scared of the, the ocean, and then you take a little boat ride somewhere. You know, it can be something really simple. Or I have a fear of heights. I'm gonna, I'm gonna climb this mountain. Or you know, it could be less. It could be I'm gonna climb this ladder, for example. But you're pushing yourself new boundaries. You're expanding your horizon by doing things like that. And I believe when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, even in the tiniest ways. I mean, whatever little way you can think of, like little baby steps, you're giving yourself more experiences to be able to connect more with other people. And I think that's something that's so important, being able to connect with other people because we are human beings and we need to be able to connect with each other. So when you do things outside your comfort zone, you you travel out of it, you're broadening your horizons. Your horizons get bigger. 
you know, you grow, you don't just stay in this stagnant little space, you know, you gain more wisdom, more excitement, you know? You know, it's so funny because um, the other day I, uh, I was sitting with my son and he's homeschooling right now. And so his teacher had assigned him um, a task and what he had to do is draw a family picture. And he wanted to draw a house and he wanted to draw, you know, mommy, daddy and his brother. And because there was no one around him, I could see he was getting a little bit frustrated on where to start and how to draw what was probably in his head. And he was getting a little bit like, I can't do this. You know, there's no one to help me. I could see he was getting flustered and cranky. And I looked at him and I was observing and I said, you know, every time we learn something, it's a little bit uncomfortable because we don't know how to do it. And as a child, that's what it's like, right? Our children are constantly putting themselves out of their comfort zone when they're trying to learn something new, okay? And we've been doing that as children, but somehow we grew up and we became adults and we thought that we don't need to do this anymore. We don't need to make ourselves uncomfortable and we don't need to learn. We just need to stay in our comfort zone and it's okay because we've learned all our life. And I think that's the biggest mistake we make is when we, we stop putting ourselves a little bit outside of our comfort zone. You know, we make our, we should be making ourselves uncomfortable so that we can learn new things so that we can allow new things in. And, you know, as I watched my son, we taught him how to use a box of crayons to make the sides of the house and, you know, how he could do that to kind of put it all together. And, you know, the amount of pride he felt, oh, wow, I could do this. You know, this is not so hard. I did it. And I was just watching him and I was thinking, if only we could remember how nice it is, how amazing it feels when we've actually learned something new and we've gone through something, we've conquered it, we've achieved then we'll keep doing that because that's what life is about. It's about, you know, growing all the time, as you said, and being fearless. And something else came to, my, came to mind, Sandra, as you were talking. You know, I used to have a fear of uh, doing all these like daredevil type of things. I was, I was pretty risky, you know, a little bit of a rebel growing up, but not too crazy. And I remember that um, I jumped out of a plane once, you know, I did uh, skydiving once. And, you know, that's something that, at that point is not something I would have chosen to do. And uh, somebody gave it to me as a birthday present and I didn't want to chicken out. You know, I didn't want to look like, uh, you know, someone who was scared of that. So I did it. And it was amazing because it was so scary. I mean, it was the scariest moment in my life, hanging out, you know, at the edge of the plane and looking down and being like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. And then I jumped out and it was just incredible. And, you know, after that experience, I didn't fear anything anymore. You know, so sometimes it's really, as you said, it's doing those things bit by bit that we're afraid of, you know, try it out, put yourself out there. And I think that that feeling of accomplishment and achievement is something that is really going to be contributing to your personal growth. It will give you confidence and it will give you that sense of fearlessness and bravery. It's liberating. It's incredibly liberating. If you just push yourself and then you end up feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. You know? And then you have something new to talk about with your friends and family. And they're like, what? You know, it's just, it's so wonderful because it's these memories that you're putting in your memory bank. 
you know, you're just constantly building it up and you're constantly feeling all these little liberations and little exciting moments. And one day when you're all old and wrinkly and, you know, you have all these things to look back on and it, it must be so wonderful to not think about things that I wish I did this. You know, when you, especially when you talk about older people, like I, I always tell you, I love connecting with people, especially older people full of wisdom because you can learn so much from that. You know, you don't have to go through it yourself if you've already listened to someone else. And a lot of times what they will say is, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. I should have done this. And I don't want to reach that point and, and have a lot of those. You know, it's only natural to have some of them, but I don't want to have a lot of them. So get out of your comfort zone and do things that scare you a little bit and, you know, be excited and be liberated. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get to the, the end of my life. I'm sure you don't either regretting all the things that we didn't do. I mean, yeah. we want to, we want to, I want to walk out of my life saying that was a life well lived. You know, I lived my heart out of my life. And I think that's the courage that we all have to muster to get out of what we know, you know, to get out of our little shell and to keep pushing the boundaries, keep pushing the limits a little bit. But this brings me sort of to, to ask you another question, Sandra. Talk to me about your philosophies on life. What is it that inspires you? What gives you hope? What drives you? What drives me? What gives me hope? I would say it's really the most simple things that drive me and give me hope. Something as simple as nature and children. That gives me hope because even when things seem so desperate, you know, you look out and something like I'll be walking and I'll look on the cement road and there's a little crack and there's some grass or a little weed growing out of it. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, no matter how concrete, how heavy something might seem and or how broken something might seem, it's cracked, it's, it's broken, it's misplaced, it's not in order. There's that little weed or that little plant or that little flower or that little shrub that will grow from it. So again, it's like, it's like a symbol of hope to me. And children are just like that. Children are resilient. And I believe that they are the hope. So that's why I'm so fixated. I guess since being a mother, I've been so fixated on being the best version of myself, you know, loving myself, growing as a person, being stronger, more confident, you know, learning my values more and being clear about them because I'm that role model for my kids, right? And my children are the hope for the future. So anyone's children, you know, you can say a little thing, plant a positive little seed. And you don't know how that will stick. It's a seed and that might grow into this big, beautiful tree. So nature and children are the most simple things. You see them everywhere. And those are the things that inspire me. And those are the things that give me hope. I, I think that is such a beautiful lesson for all of us to also think about. Now, you uh, related something about your husband that he told you about something he had heard on a podcast. And he was telling you that when you compare yourself, that you shouldn't compare yourself to other people, but to compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And when I read that statement, I said, oh, my God, completely words of wisdom. Is this something you live by? And how do you shape your life in this way? I mean, I'm so glad he told me that because I, I reached a point, especially when I first uh, started getting back on my fitness bandwagon 
and learning to love my son more. He was the one who really pushed me. Like, you know, you're a great mom. I know you're a great mom, but you need to take time for yourself. You need to focus on you. And I mean, I was just like, oh, like, especially now when I, like at the time he would annoy me. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm too exhausted. You know, I just want to like relax. Like I want to lay in bed and watch my stupid TV show, you know? And he'd be like, get out. Like you'll feel better. If you do things for yourself, you do something good for yourself. If you exercise, you start eating healthier, you'll feel better. And I would just be like, let me eat my damn ice cream. I want my burger, you know? (laughs) And then it really hit me. So it was like, and I used to be hard on myself. So for example, I finally, I was like, okay, fine. I let him drag me to the gym. And I was like, I can't even do a push-up. You know, I'd be like crying and so mad, like frustrated and angry. And I'd be like, look, how come that person can do it so easily? And then that's when he said that. He's like, stop comparing yourself to other people. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And he's like, who were you yesterday? And, you know, you think back and it's like, well, yesterday I wasn't at the gym. Today I am, you know? So it's like these little steps. And then you, you take it further and further. And it's like, I look back further on who I was. And I was so, um, there's nothing wrong with being dreamy and idealistic, but I think there was a lack of balance in my personality, lack of grounding. And now today, I, when I compare myself to who I was yesterday, I'm definitely, I think, more balanced and more grounded, a little more realistic. Again, still trying to find my balance, but, but I mean, I'm definitely much stronger. I'm much more resilient. I'm tougher. I used to like cry so easily because I'd be so affected. Like if someone said something hurtful or I witnessed something that seemed unjust, oh my God, it would really bog me down. And I still have that side to me, but I know like I learned a lot of things. Like you can't let these things affect you. Don't let go of compassion. But if it's to the point where it makes you sick or it makes you feel so low energy and off, then that's not good for anyone, really. So, yeah, you always have to compare yourself to who you were yesterday and not to other people because that can be a little bit, a little bit, um, hmm, how do I say, like, you're putting yourself down. You know, if, if you're constantly looking at your neighbor and comparing yourself, it's not a key. It's not the key to happiness. It, it might even breed feelings of envy, you know, which you don't want. So you look back at yourself and then if you feel like, oh, well, you know what? I haven't made much progress. What can I do now to be better than I was yesterday? What was I doing yesterday? And what can I do today to be better than I was then? So that's, that was a really big help. And I'm, I'm really glad he told me that. I really agree with that. I really agree with that. And I think it's also very inspiring because when we keep looking at other people, we can't really see what's going on behind the scenes in their life. And social media has, you know, created a sort of situation where everyone's looking at, you know, this social media ready life, which may not be the truth. Yeah. And so a lot of people just don't feel good about themselves or they feel like they can't, they can't even compare themselves to all these other people. So I think that definitely we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other people but we should focus on being the best that we can be. But I think that's something that could be a more positive way of, of inspiring yourself is to find a role model. You know, mm-hmm. find somebody that you want to emulate, somebody you want to aspire to be or someone who inspires you. Kind of like what we're trying to create with the show is that, you know, we're not, I'm not trying to say that we to all be like any one of our, our guests or anyone needs to be like me or you, but just that, this is something that you can learn from, that you can be inspired by this person. You can aspire to be like them. And sometimes we just need someone to show us the way 
and show us that there are these other possibilities of how to live, how to be, or what we can do for our own uh, self-improvement or self-development. And I think that's the important thing. That's what will kind of get us to keep uh, moving forward, which is the important thing. Yeah, so, it's, it, there's a big difference between looking up to someone and aspiring to be like them and comparing yourself to someone. You said it very clearly and very well. It's healthy to have these good examples in your life that you can look up to, but there's a fine line between that and comparing yourself like to your neighbor, to your other friends. You don't want to feel envy. You don't want to feel jealousy. You want to feel right. inspiration and motivation. So it's like, look up and don't look down at yourself. Yeah. Look don't up. look down at yourself and stop looking left and right. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Now, what is your future? What does your future hold for you, Sandra? I mean, what are you looking at? Where are you looking in terms of who you want to be or what you want to get to? I think I want to be even more confident and I want to care less about the outside noise that there is out there. Be less affected. That's still something that I'm working on. Like, and I'm, I'm getting there. I mean, I, I already know what triggers me, you know, like I know spending too much time mindlessly going through social media and reading through the comments section. It's like, why do I even do this? You know, like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, I'll read something. I'll be like, oh, that's so ignorant. Or, oh my God, that's so, you know. So it's important to look at things with compassion and understanding and be like, okay, well, I'm glad that I have um, the mental capacity to think outside of that, to, to be able to say, Ooh, oh, that's so unfortunate that they're stuck in that and that they're coming across as, as uh, small-minded. But at the same time, it's like, why am I wasting my time reading this? You know, just focus on, on growing and being better and, and nourish, like I said, nourish your mind because then the rest will follow. And then you, whether you realize it or not, just by glowing, just by letting your light shine, it creates a ripple effect and other people will follow suit. And then more of what you're seeking, more of what you're looking for is what's going to come. It's more, it's what you're going to notice. So sometimes I ask myself like, oh my God, why am I noticing all these little petty things? It's like, I'm searching for it, you know? So I need to divert my attention because in the future, I just want to be an even more whole and complete, well-balanced version of myself, you know? especially because like the biggest role that I've entered in my life is now being a mother. And I don't know what the future has in store for us, but I am in control of the things that I can do for myself. And that will influence my children and those around me. I just want to grow and be a more complete version of myself so that it's, it's really apparent when I look back at myself you know, I can say, wow, I've really come a long way and I'm proud of myself. You know, I just want to feel complete. I want to feel, I want to feel content. I want to feel whole. I don't want to, I guess I'm just on this constant path of self-growth and I'm really enjoying it. And I just, I just want to be a beacon of light. You know, I just want to not care so much about all the negative stuff and search for more of the sunshine and silver linings. And in a realistic way, I'm a self-proclaimed dreamer romantic and I need to find a balance of both because I don't want to let go of that side of me. It's such a big part of who I am, being able to dream and have a big imagination, but pull it back down and, and be realistic and I guess apply that dreaminess in a positive way. So I guess it's about channeling your energy in the right way, finding yeah. that center, being grounded while still loving everything that you are. You know, everything that makes you unique. 
to accept that, acknowledge it, understand it, and then, you know, share it with other people. And I think you're doing a really good job of it. I really do. I think it, it shows. I mean, it's like the sun is shining right here. I definitely want to credit you with that. Now, um, it's been a really great conversation, Sandra. I do have uh, one question that I want to ask you, something I want to share with our listeners. What is your Project Loving Myself mantra? What is that message about self-love that either you stand by or you want to share with others that um, you know embodies your self-love journey? It's simple. Look good, feel good, do good. And I mean this, I don't mean this in a shallow way. I mean this in a deep way. When I say look good and feel good, it's not about, oh, I need this designer bag or this designer top or, you know, it's just about you put yourself together, get your uh, movement in, you exercise, you get your endorphins, you, you are at your peak, you do your best to be the best version of yourself. And when you do, you feel good. And when you feel good, you can do good. And it will create that ripple effect and it will spread and spread and spread. You know, you, you have to show up for yourself. You have to do good for yourself. You have to evolve for yourself because then the people around you who deserve that part of you most will benefit from it. If your cup is not full, if it's half full or constantly just trying to be, you know, constantly trying to fill it up, you're not going to be able to be the best version of yourself. And it's really unfortunate because the people you love most are the ones that deserve it after all, right? So you got to look good, you got to feel good, and you got to do good. And show up for yourself so you can show up for the people you love. Yes. Love that. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra, for this amazing uh, conversation, for everything that you've shared with our listeners. I know there's so many really, really important lessons in our conversation today. A lot of things that I think people will take home with them. How can people get more of you? How can people follow you? Um, I, I would love for other people to read the kind of things that I've been reading on your social media. So please do share your, uh, your details. Well, on social media, I'm Sandra Rocha, but Sandra with an X. So that's X-A-N-D-R-A-R-O-C-H-A. And yeah, I, started, I share snippets of my life. I'm trying to be more proactive with um, sharing more knowledgeable stuff, less, less, um, you know, less commercially, less shallow. You know, I just want to try and share more knowledge and more funny snippets and yeah, it's again trying to find a balance with that too because it can it can easily go either way. Yeah. Yeah. So I thank you for telling me that you do see positivity and you do gain knowledge from my little pockets of posts here and there. It's it's really nice to hear and it is reassuring. So thank you. You're very welcome. I'm sure all of you are as inspired as I am to see how far Sandra has come. I think that her healing journey speaks volumes about how much she takes charge of her own life and how uh, personal growth and self-development is definitely something that she prioritizes. Uh, I think that also a lot of the things that she said were things that many people are going through. You know, many people have come through some similar experiences. And I love what she said, that it's all about sort of growing and stepping out of that comfort zone, you know, facing your fears and be the best that you can be. And most importantly, to show up for yourself. I think we get so busy, we get so caught up in our lives, and we forget sometimes that we have to be in a good place 
so that we can truly love the people around us. Comment on this episode on at Project Loving Myself podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Please follow me at Sanaya Gurnamal on all social media channels. I'll spell that out because my name has a very interesting spelling. So it's S-A-N-A-I-Y-A-H-G-U-R-N-A-M-A-L. I would love to hear what you think of the different guests that uh, appear on the show. Um, if there are any things that really jump out at you, things that you've applied and you know, worked into your life and you've gotten some great results, do share. I think we're all here to uplift each other, to share and to, um, to be a sounding board, you know, for each other. And I think that's the way that we can spread love and we can help the people around us. Please do give a rating on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now. Thank you all for joining me this week on the Project Loving Myself podcast, a podcast for you and me to focus on our self-development and personal growth journey. Your Project Loving Myself thought for the week is to live your greatest adventure, to live your life to the fullest and to embrace who you are because you don't want to get to the end of your life and think back and say, you know, I wish I had done that. So do it now. Claim it now and be all that you can be. This is Sanaya saying goodbye on the Project Loving Myself podcast, powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. See you soon. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.